BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. In California, Barnes & Noble Bookstore becomes the hangout of choice for a man with a strange kink. In Louisiana, the subject of the death penalty is all anyone is talking about due to the upcoming clemencing hearing for death row inmates. And in Florida, a woman is arrested after spiking a weekend hookups drink with roach spray. These stories and more coming at you today, Wednesday, August 23rd on Real Life Real Crime Daily. And I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. Mike Agavino, we've got some interesting uh, teases there, Jim. Hey, some hey. Uh, some fun stuff coming today. Mike is officially off of suspension. Uh, the three of his fans are so worried about him. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, <laughs> and, we we know better, don't we, guys? And, and uh, Bayou underscore Brandon says she's actually Team Aga. Wow. She said you get suspended. She's a she's a special person. We didn't corrupt she her enough. Get, she is, she <laughs> very, again. She'll be happy to come back and she was happy to do it and uh we're gonna do some good stuff with her in the future. Yeah, she's uh she's terrific. I think she's just doing that to try to egg me on so that I do get suspended again. And, uh, and she, she actually felt in. bad for you when, when the phone call I think came she in and all I think that. she legitimately did. She, she was like, I don't know, part of the drama. So it's August 23rd, and on August 23rd, 1936, wow. Yolanda Agavino, known as Yoli Agavino, was Miss born. Yoli. So as my friends at Rosetta Stone would have me say, Buon compleanno, Yoli. Happy birthday, Yoli. Love you, Mom. See you soon. You guys know what Bucky's is? Yes, yeah, Bucky's yeah. is cool. shit. Hey, where there's there, are there Bucky's in Louisiana? No, no, no. They were supposed to bring one here, and then politics screwed it up. The, uh, but I have been to a lot of different Bucky's, and let me tell you something. Not only is the food and everything fire, but if you're on the road and you got to go to the bathroom, it's the cleanest <laughs> bathrooms in the world. I'm telling you. I mean, it's like you go to that bathroom, you don't even want to leave. I, I documented my visit to Bucky's God, bathroom for best. you guys. Um, I'll uh, we'll, we'll post this, but this has got to be the uh, first of all. I, I've yeah. never, I had never seen one of these places right. before. Right, it's and like a Walmart, a gas station. It, yeah. it, I, like I'm sitting there bumps, yeah. as I look at it, thinking, I wonder how. The first one of these got off the ground. Like, who presents the business plan that says, okay, I'm going to have 
a hundred different places to fuel your car. Right. I'm going to have everything from beef jerky to saltwater taffy to, to clothes, ice cream ice to, chest, clo- to I mean, barbecue pits, whatever. Clothes. And, uh, yeah. That everything. structure has to be in their own brand. Uh, of I mean, candies. I don't know, 10,000 square foot. The, and I, mm-hmm. I, here's, I, I don't know how many urinals were in this bathroom, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, but the, the, but the, look at how many people are there at right. any given time. Yeah, I mean they. Hey, hey you got to tie the the beaver nuts. The, uh, well, that's these guys candy. since part of my uh, assignment over suspension was to drive our primary coverage area looking right. for business partner right. ideas. These guys should be sponsors right. of our show. Right. They're in our primary area, well, and they, uh, they're all the way. Uh, in, into Florida now, uh, Alabama, at, uh, uh, by Gulf Shores. Yep. Uh, on the way to Dallas, I used to stop for that one all the time. Uh, uh, outside of Houston, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. Bucky's. If the Bucky's marketing director is listening right now, yeah, you've got forty-eight hours to call. Otherwise, I'm going to share on the air what happened to me in that bathroom, <laughs> uh, and you don't there's want. No, there's no. You glo- don't want that. There's no out. glory holes in those bathrooms. They got <laughs> cement walls in between the stalls. Yeah. You had to have a jackhammer. In I mean, I literally had my choice of 55 places to pee. I don't yeah. know why yeah. I, I wanted yeah. to share that. Bucky's great, great, never, never great seen place. Brisket and just everything. I had the Meats, brisket as a yeah, matter of fact. Outstanding. And I brought home the taffy and the banana nut yeah. bread. Hey, and- Bucky's. Uh, it means bust out another hundred because you're gonna spend a hundred. <laughs> yeah, that's no. right. Well, let's get into some crime time. Time, and we're gonna bring you to Florida first. And a Florida woman has spiked a man's drink with Raid Roach Spray after the pair met at a local bar over the weekend. That tastes mm. good. Yeah. yeah, Veronica Klein, 29, is charged with poisoning food or drink. Deputies were called to the home around 4.30 a.m. where they met the man who had become ill. He said he came home with Klein after she asked him to continue drinking with her. He said he had two drinks and began feeling sick. He said he had two drinks and began feeling ill. Klein allegedly admitted to him to spiking the two drinks with roach spray. The victim told deputies, Uh, He was vomiting for about 30 minutes before he was able to call for help. He became sick again while providing his statement to a deputy. I I bet he did. Klein wasn't home when deputies arrived. A law enforcement canine tracked her down, and she was taken into custody. She is being held in jail without bond pending her first court appearance, and she uh, did not provide a motive for the alleged poisoning. Oh, no motive. Just to see. I say the motive is cray cray. I mean, yeah. what the hell was yeah, she I've doing? Heard, man? I've never heard of anybody using roach spray. Yeah, I, it's I like know. this guy pissed her off, and she was just placating him till she could get roach spray down his I mouth. Don't, I don't understand it. Some I bizarre know. shit going on in Florida. It takes all kinds <laughs> to make the world go. That wasn't Pinellas County, was it? <laughs> it could very well could have been. Uh, no, they don't do stuff like that in Pinellas. Well, let me take it to Nevada for another really bizarre story. Uh, um, A 45-year-old woman was arrested on suspicion of murder after the victim's mother discovered him decapitated inside his bedroom last week. Officers in the fire department responded to a home after receiving a call about a dead person inside. When they arrived, they found a male victim deceased. Police 
said the man's death was a, the result of a homicide. Henderson police identified the victim's girlfriend, Devin Michaels, as the suspect and arrested her on a charge of open murder. The victim has been identified as 46-year-old Jonathan James Willett. Willett and Michaels were in a relationship, but Michaels is also married to Willett's son. Mm. Mm. The plot thickens. Violet's and the son wed to help each other out. Quotations. <laughs> Willett's son reportedly told investigators their marriage is not typical a typical marriage, and they got married so he could help Devin with her medical issues. On the morning in question, this one really gets weird, y'all. On the morning in question, Willett's mother went into his room and found her son wrapped up in blankets and bloody. Willett's head had been severed from his body and was not observed to be in the room. Oh Investigators noticed a chemical odor coming from his room, most likely from bleach or ammonia. The chemicals were put on Willett's body which resulted in smoke emanating from it. Oh, God. Wait. Get the fuck out. Investigators discovered several of Willett's personal items, such as his wallet and phone with blood on them. Willett and Michael were reportedly in the process of moving in together because they have two daughters. Michael's reportedly told police Willett was abusive and made a child take showers in front of him. The night of his death, Willett tried to get her to conduct, or allegedly, tried to get her to conduct a sexual act on him, but she refused and hit him on the head with a wooden stick. <laughs> Michael stated she did not want to kill Jonathan and only wanted to hurt him enough that he would have to go to the hospital because she wanted him out of the way so she could figure out what to do with her children. She has no bail. Uh, I would say that... She did more than made sure he just couldn't go to the hospital. Right. I mean, cutting his damn head cut off. Cut your head off. Yeah. I mean, we're not making fun of that. You don't cut the head off. Come on. With, with I wooden, didn't really want to hurt him. With a wooden stick. Yeah. And poured chemicals on the body and was smoking. <laughs> damn. Wow. wow. People are just cutting body parts off like every day. Like it ain't shit every these day. days. We Jeez. are off to a flying start. There we go. Real life, real crime. It is. It is. Well, I wanted to take a couple of minutes, right. and rather than deliver a first story to you all this morning, mm -hmm. I wanted to deliver somewhat of a apology, confession, and maybe some thank yous, and uh, talk about some some things moving forward. So, for for those of you out there who've ever lost a job or been suspended on the job, anything like that, like like I was last week, you you know how much it can get inside your head and impact your confidence and your overall mental health. And that is not a, you know, that's just the, the fact. And I was feeling you know, pretty low going into Friday, and I really just wanted an opportunity to explain myself to you guys. And so, you know, I drove all the way up here to the studio thinking that I could just, I wasn't trying to get on the show. I wasn't trying to have uh, Bayou Brandy pulled off or anything. I just wanted to have a conversation. And so I, I came and I thought politely knocked on the door and requested permission uh, to come in and, and explain myself. And as you all know, I, I was not afforded Did, that opportunity and that's okay. It was that's okay. Because I was unable to explain what happened 
on the show, I turned to social media to try and clarify some things. And I did this because I think it's our responsibility to be honest and bring you guys on you know, the inside <laughs> of what's happening on the show. You're the most important element of the show, and we always will appreciate and respect that. And so I didn't know how Real Life Real Crime Daily Nation would react to the story, but I wanted to make sure you heard it. Your reaction was amazing and way beyond anything I had expected. <laughs> so many of you commented with words of encouragement and support that, goes back. that it would be impossible to thank everyone here. But since I'm a big believer in the impossible, I'm going to give it a try. Oh my God. So I want to say thank you to Amber Sibley McLynn, Patricia <laughs> Lynn Doyle, Vicki Thomas Hammond, Jacqueline Wade, Krause Borden III, Don Clark, Kim Hidden, uh, Kim Higdon, sorry, Kelly Martin, Susan Thomas Bro, Galia Holden, Brian Moore, Kathy Hits Hannah, Monica Brian. Covington, Chrissy Branham Parenti, Amy Walters Fry, Leslie Snyder, Mike Broad, Jeremy Biner, Taylor Hutchinson, Laura Webster, Daryl Barricklow, Margie Mikey Akers, Leah Marie, Miranda Colligan, <laughs> Allison Marie, Sarah Chrisman, Susan O'Brien, Monica Lara, Lexi Pinnaker, Teresa Pulley Roberts, Maria Weeks Bertholo, Chelsea Connors, Bertholow. Lori Wise. <laughs> I, I apologize if I screwed up. So oh, you screwed about half of it. Okay. <laughs> Stephanie Broad Ori, Ruthie Cox Door, Kimberly Smothers Moore, Christy Taylor, Jenny Wyatt, Jessica Tinsley, Carrie Ann Marie, Sharon Fay, Christina Daka Knight, Jennifer Jerem Lamley, Kristen Kenyon, <laughs> Sherry Lopez Spell, John Greenwood, Emily Ryan Diesel, Deborah, uh, Deborah Zimmerman, Cecilia Trapani, Schutenbach, <laughs> Sarah Little, and Amy Bayhan Populist. Did you say Jenny Watt? I did. Yeah. My Jenny Watt. My OG lifer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Leah not, Marie. Not, yeah. That's our girl. It's not to say them supporting me means they're not supporting you guys or the show overall. I just appreciated the words of support that came from them. But, but I want to add my deepest appreciation to 10 fans among this group that have gone way above and beyond to express their support. Uh, and what I... I feel a lot for these people. And so these 10 people today are invited to become part of a newly formed group that will from now on be known as the Aglets. And the Aglets isn't a group that just supports Ago. It's a group that leads and lives in their communities and in their lives by the seven virtues of an Aglet. Oh and the seven virtues of Jeez. an Aglet are faith, Unselfishness, courage, uh. kindness, judiciousness, intelligence, <laughs> and morality. And if you're looking for an easy way to remember the Aglet virtues, oh you can God. simply remember the acronym, which is F for faith, U for unselfishness, C for courage, <laughs> K for kindness, J for judiciousness, <laughs> I for intelligence, and M for morality, or altogether F U C K. J I N would be the would be the acronym. So the inaugural Aglet, Aglet nominees are Miranda Colligan, Ruthie Cox Door, Kim Higdon, Monica Lara, Allison Marie, Leah Marie, Cecilia Trapani, Schutenbach, Christy Taylor, Lori Wise, and Jenny Wyatt. 
I would like to ask each Aglet nominee as they're listening to the show today to stand, place their right hand over their oh hearts, and repeat after me the Aglet Creed. Oh, my God. Here I state your name. State your name. Do solemnly swear to protect and defend <laughs> the free speech rights of Ago on The Daily Show and to support the coverage of all forms of crime, including athletic, societal, political, and royal, against the fascist authoritarians who would censor them. Thank you. Okay, so I'm wrapping up. I'm to be done. One. Uh, we have a Christ. we have a board meeting, with Jim. Congratulations. His ask is suspended. Congratulations. Again. You are now officially Aglets. I'd love to receive confirmation from each of you once you've been once you've recited the creed. Lastly, these past few days, I've encountered a number of people who, for whatever reason, are uh, are not fans of mine. This is as it should be in a free country, and those people are encouraged to continue to challenge and criticize the things I say and I do. There are a few of them who are particularly persistent at it, and I wanted to recognize them as a group as well. Given that we have the Aglets group, I'm calling this group the Piglets. And the Piglets include Megan Haley, Kirk Jones, Morris Mashon, Bonnie Jerome Pittman, and Michael Stillwell. You are the piglets. If you want to have a creed, you're going to have to make it up yourself. Well, we can't call our fans piglets. Well, piglets are cute. Um, aglets, piglets, <laughs> aglets and piglets. Come on. The, uh, so, again, it's a, it's a difficult thing to go through, and y'all make me better, and I appreciate the support as well as the criticism. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Okay. Now, that was totally unsanctioned, and I had no idea, nor did Jim, uh, and I, you must have liked being suspended. I didn't like being suspended. You know, I didn't like being suspended. <laughs> but I think it's perfectly reasonable to come back and acknowledge those people who were supportive during the suspension. I'm at a loss for words. All right. So if you've been hitting that 15 second fast forward button for the last 15 minutes, uh, you can stop now. We'll get back to talking about crime. A British nurse is convicted of killing seven newborns. This, this was on Friday. Out the box. Absolutely crazy. In uh, the attempted murder of six others. Now, y'all got to hear this. The nurse, Lucy Letby, 33. 
uh, was accused of killing seven babies and trying to kill 10 others while working at the Countess of Chester Hospital in the city of Chester in northwest England between June of 2015 and June of 2016. Lebby had intended to kill the babies while blaming natural causes for their conditions. An unexpectedly high number of deaths in the neonatal unit of the Countess of Chester Hospital led to an investigation in 2016 after doctors struggled to find a medical explanation. Lebby was arrested in 2018 and again in 2019 in relation to the investigation, but not charged. She was ultimately arrested and charged in 2020 after a criminal investigation by the police that focused on the deaths of 17 babies from March of 2015 to July of 2016. Lebby murdered her victims by injecting air and insulin into their bloodstreams, infusing air into the gastrointestinal tracts, and force-feeding them milk or fluids. Some victims showed signs of impact-type trauma. The police also collected Miss Lebby's handwritten notes and diary entries, which contained damning confessions. One read, I killed them on purpose because I'm not good enough to care for them. Lebby had been remanded into custody since November of 2020 and spent time at four different prisons. At 10 months of Lewis, Lebby trial is thought to be Britain's longest ever murder case. She was found not guilty on two attempted murder charges, and there was a hung jury on six counts. Uh, one of the most prolific cases of serial killings ever in Great Britain and a, just an absolutely disgusting human being, yeah. Lucy Letby is. Absolutely straight ticket to hell. Do they still have the guillotine? If they did, she would be great. A great uh, I thought person or hanging or something. Take advantage I, of it. I thought they, they may. So I've been looking at this story for months. Yeah, As you know, I'm unreal. the exclusive correspondent in this geography. Right. And therefore... <laughs> I have been planning how to summarize everything that has gone on uh-huh. for you guys, and it was we just did it. Nice for Jim to cross geographical borders, and we will have that discussion. We are wide open. She this is morning. a shitty human. Yeah, yes, she is. And, and incidentally, y'all, they have text messages online that you can look up of of her texting people after each and every one of these children were killed. These babies. And they're just, you know, she's acting like, oh, I lost another one. Yeah, it's man, so man disgusting. Manchilding syndrome. Yeah. Right? Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I just don't know. But Ashley Arbor, 43, was arrested Friday after authorities said he wrongly entered a superstar's Big Apple Digs, and, and he was charged with two counts of trespassing. Anybody Guesses to who Superstar is? Probably y'all already know. Taylor Swift, y'all. So a smiling arbor was giddy when he met with the press following his arrest. He says, I was disappointed, and he said, of not finding Swift. I love her. I want to marry her. I want her to be my anchor, someone that will have me stay put. I've never had someone that kept me grounded. Imagine that. It's the latest in a string of bizarre incidents with assessed fans, kind of like Mike's Agalettes, that Swift has endured. Arbor, who grew up in Michigan, claims he took a Greyhound bus from Atlanta to see the, the anti-hero singer and proclaimed his love for her. 
bizarrely boasting that he had a prior relationship with the superstar. Yeah, right. An eagle-eyed resident prevented the creepy incident from escalating. Arbor allegedly rang the bell until someone opened the door. He managed to navigate a long hallway and two doors beside the elevator, and he went into one when a woman asked inside asked what he was doing there. When the topic of Swift came up, the savvy resident instructed Arbor to go outside, ring the bell, and wait for someone to let him in. When Arbor followed those instructions, the NYPD was waiting for him. Arbor was released, and he's due back in court in October. Asked why he wanted to be with Swift, Arbor gushed because she's like the most nurturing, like she is me, except she is a woman. She is truly <laughs> the only one that understands me. The Swift fanatic continued, I know she knows I don't mean any harm. I'd never hit a woman. I would not harm her. No, absolutely not. Arbor lamented that he was has not seen Swift in concert. I'm sure he can't afford the tickets. He says, I have not been that lucky, he said, adding, I'm of sound mind. I was a little <laughs> crazier when I was younger. He said he has said he has no plans to return to Swift's residence. He said, no, no, they told me to stay away from her place. <laughs> the homeless man said he would probably stay in the area and rummage through the garbage for food. Oh, wait, what? Okay, yeah. so all of that, and then we just find out that he's homeless? Yeah, right. And he, so he's going to stay in the area and, and rummage and, and for, for food. And maybe he's... Or you can pick up something nice to bring. something that she yeah. threw out, right? Um, <laughs> right? Arbor added, I'm very determined fellow sometimes to... To, the, to my detriment, you got to go for it when it comes to love because I don't want to live in regret. His parting words, I love you, Taylor. I want to spend the rest of my life making you happy. Aw. Takes all kinds to make the world go Well, around. you know what I think would be great for her image? Is if, because she's... She's taking him out on a date. She, she she's got a problem a, with him. She's not attached, right? I don't think. I have no idea. I don't think she has... Uh, uh, a steady bow or girl or any, yeah. I don't know what, uh, which side of the plate she hits from, but, uh, but it would be great for her image to date this guy, to take this guy out on a date, treat him with sure, respect. Go, I mean, absolutely. she does and, kind of and, and crazy get stuff. murdered and, and everything else. This right? guy doesn't sound that dangerous, oh, but, yeah, well. yeah, but I mean, I guess that could change. And that's a good segue because right. this one might not sound that dangerous, but, who knows where it could go from, from where he is. Khalees Crowder is his name. He's been arrested more than 40 times since 2005. Nice. Four, zero. Dozens of these crimes were sex-related. On August 8th, Crowder was videoed on cell phone video inside of a Burbank, California, Barnes & Noble doing something very strange. I'd never seen this before. He would follow women, particularly attractive women, mm. around the bookstore. And he would either drop something on the floor behind them so that he had to go to the ground. Oh, he's upskirt. Okay. Or he would pretend that he was looking at something on a lower bookshelf. Upskirt. So he could get right behind them and taken a good, hard uh, inhale of their butts. Oh, God. 
So th- this guy has been uh, labeled the Barnes and Noble sniffer. Oh my god! Okay, and uh, there's a link that we'll share to a TikTok where one of uh, the women uh, caught him and followed him as he, and she confronted him directly. I mean, he he went to the ground right behind her and sniff, clear as hell sniff, sniff. sniffs her ass, and uh. she turns around and asks him what he's doing, and he's. You know, he denies doing anything like that. In a second, he walks away from her. He goes across to another aisle of books and gets right behind a blonde woman who's uh, who's over there. He ends up getting arrested two days later, uh, but not even for that, for some other charge. Of course, it's California. Right. He's out the very next day. Yeah. This uh, uh, pretty uh, brave lady who, uh, give you her name. In a second, uh, it's Michaela Witter is her name. She took the viral video inside of Barnes and Noble. She posted it on TikTok, and then about twenty other women came into the TikTok, which went viral, saying that they had run into this guy. He had done the same thing to them, either at that Barnes and Noble or somewhere else, and so. He's arrested again. Here's a uh, here's a picture of Kalise Crowder. Nice, nice, a nice looking gentleman with a a powerful nose. And I hear uh, he has a problem. Yeah, right. he uh, he has a little bit of a problem. He's so arrested forty times. He probably did it four thousand times. He was released earlier this year, partly through a one year jail sentence for indecent exposure in Santa Clarita. So why they? Why they released him, don't know. This it is may the, have something to do with his hearing. <laughs> this has been happening for over 13 years, so they either need to get him serious help by keeping him in a facility that will do that or keeping him in jail where he can't harm anyone else, this uh, witter woman said. Another TikTok user posted a video in which she turned around and confronted uh, the man identified as Crowder, she found crouched behind her at that same Barnes and Noble. She recorded that back in Barnes March. and Noble needs to ban him. Yeah, they need a uh, they need a security sniffer sniffer or oh something. God. And we'll post a picture of uh, this gentleman on on Facebook, and you'll see why I'm making me hearing references. Right. <laughs> this guy, believe it or not, has to this moment not been charged for any of these bookstore incidents. Yeah, I don't I just I'm sitting here trying to think of what the charge would be if he didn't touch them. I mean, it's I mean, free air act. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's got to be something. Smelling. Yeah, you got well, maybe it's, disturb, it's harassment of a disturbing form. their peace or something. Yeah, I mean, you just sniff my butt. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm surprised one of those women didn't decide to just, just unload on him. him. Yeah. That might have uh, taught him a little oh a little God. lesson there. But uh, anyway, well, because we'll, uh, he wasn't scratching and sniffing, he was just sniffing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, you know, not everybody that listens to Real Life or Crime listens to Bloody Angola podcast, right? But sure. there is a major. It's probably the the second most talked about story outside of the heat here in Louisiana right now. And that is a, uh, clemency debate. Uh, nearly every death row prisoner in the state of Louisiana, the governor has pressured 
the Louisiana Parole Board into hearing those cases uh, for clemency. And uh, there, you know, if you want to, the skinny on that, go to Bloody Angola podcast right. and just listen to the Louisiana clemency debacle. We recorded another episode uh, today on that and a bonus episode for our patron members. But it's it's just absolutely insane what's going on right now with this. Uh, essentially, you know, we're bringing you the latest information on the current news regarding nearly all of the Louisiana death row inmates. There's 56 in total uh, being granted clemency hearings by the Louisiana Board of Pardon and Paroles. The board's agreed to hear the request of 56 inmates through pressure from the Louisiana governor, John Bell Edwards, who has been an active voice against the use of the death penalty in Louisiana. John Bell Edwards, who leaves office on January 8th of 2024, issued a pressure-filled letter to the pardon board recently after they declined to allow the clemency hearings in response to an opinion uh, the board sought from current attorney general for the state of Louisiana, Jeff Landry. Landry, who is currently the leading candidate for governor for the state of Louisiana, cited a statute which requires a request for clemency hearing within one year of an inmate's final appeal, and none of the 56 death row inmates who requested a hearing did so within that time frame. That prompted the current governor to pressure the board to waive the, the required time frame. In his letter to the board, John Bell Edwards said the terminology was not clear and used two words in particular that needed to be considered in the ruling. Uh, the board has now decided to move on with allowing the hearings, which are slated to start October 13th of twenty twenty. Three and we cover all of that. Yeah, in those and y'all know we don't do politics, but these are fifty-six of the most heinous crimes, and in, in you know, found guilty, not only guilty uh, in the for the crime, they've you know, exhausted they, all their appeals. They, well, the second trial is the death penalty part, and they were found, you know guilty again or, or such egregious crimes that they had to be sentenced that they sentenced them to the death penalty and you know the one from Livingston Parish that his co-partner I did a, I did a um, episode on him his co-partner was on death row and he ended up dying but that guy's been on death row for 48 years something mm-hmm. like that and he's he's longest the longest one serving. longest no. one and that's because the, ever since John Bell Edwards has been in office, and we don't do politics, I know John Bell Edwards. I know his brother, the sheriff of Tangipo Parish, Daniel. And but you, I mean, he's he fought the attorney general all these years, the eight years he's been in office, and nobody's been executed uh, allegedly over you know the attainment of the medications, et cetera, to uh, put them to death. But he did it, and then finally now. It, uh, that it's his last hour as governor. He came out in an open letter and said, the death penalty is wrong. I want to abolish it. And, and all of a sudden, magically, 56 inmates who don't have contact with one another, they're not sitting across cell to cell. They're all on a row. I mean, they, they may share a wall with two other people, but all 56 of them get to file clemency appeals on the same day. That's bullshit. And it, I would submit to you that these family members, a lot of them probably are dead now, 
But the, all these victims had family members and loved ones, and you know we've already spent all these millions and millions of dollars on the appeals process and everything else uh, to, for these convictions to be upheld. And it's the law. Uh, uh, and if you're against it, well, the crimes weren't committed against your family members. Agreed. Well, thank you for the first non-political political well, report. Yeah, well, you know what? That, that one is a straight-up crime <laughs> report, it, it, and it has to. It involves. The, I mean, it's just the most serious thing ever. Uh, the uh, these these murders and rapes and of babies and serial old people killers. and serial killers and everything else. The, life used to mean life in Louisiana. It doesn't anymore. That's the problem with it. They're they're sentenced to death row to, to die, rightfully so, and and then now if they commute their sentences to life, I just had two cases recently uh, of people I got convictions on who were sentenced to life without parole, and they got clemency hearings because of this governor. They got clemency hearings, and guess what? Two months later, they were parole. So once you get a clemency hearing, you're automatically eligible for a parole hearing. Even so, so it, the governor of the state has the unilateral right to declare a hearing? No. He, no, he has to ask for it. It's illegal. He requested the, the attorney hearing. general's already said it's illegal because it's not following the time frame. But here's the deal. The pardon and parole board is appointed by him. That's yeah. his people. And 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 I don't get it. The uh, I don't get it. I'll never get it because I'm coming from the side where I've seen these dead babies and, and raped and, and brutally murdered old ladies and, and mass killings and shit like that. These people, I mean, the law is a law, and the governor should be able to break the law. Well, and from what you're saying, if the hearings happen, then the clemency is going to happen. Oh, it's because a, the, the hearings, hearings are going to happen. The hearings are happening. They, they, so they, the, even though the attorney general said they're illegal, the governor came back out and and pressured the board into doing it. So they're they're happening. They're starting what day? October thirteenth. And there is when they're starting the first twenty. And and it's just I mean, they're putting these monsters ahead of people four hundred and forty yeah, other other people that people. have a right to a clemency here but in in the law process. And he's ju- jamming it down the throat because He's he's going out on January sixth or whatever. Eight. He's termed out January eighth, and guess what happens? The new governor gets to appoint the new board mm-hmm. if they choose to. And I used to do their backgrounds. Oh, it's, it's, I, like, I, it's, it's not like the board presidential pardons in the yeah, last yeah. twenty four hours. It's not the board people's but fault, but the state has paid millions and millions of dollars per case for, and, uh, and and the, whatever parish they were convicted in it has paid all these, and now they're paying again. Because the DA's association has come out uh, against it, the fraternal order police, the sheriff's association, everybody's coming out all up in arms about it. And what about the victims' families that have to live this shit again? But it, anyway, I'm getting off of it. Uh, y'all, let me take you to Kentucky, another sick bastard. Um, a former Kentucky prosecutor was indicted for allegedly trading court favors in exchange for an unnamed defendant's nude images. Federal prosecutors said... Friday and a matter that led to his impeachment by state lawmakers. Ronnie Goldie Jr. was indicted on bribery and wire fraud charges. The charges alleged that Goldie solicited and accepted sexual favors and the explicit images from the criminal defendant. 
In return, Goldie made decisions in cases that benefited the defendant and pressured other officials to do the same. At the time, Goldie was the Commonwealth's attorney for Bath, Menifee, Montgomery, and Rowan counties in northeastern Kentucky. The FBI arrested him Friday in Moorhead, about 65 miles from Lexington. The indictment listed examples of actions that Goldie allegedly agreed to perform for the defendant, who had been charged with multiple crimes in Goldie's jurisdiction, but wasn't identified in the federal indictment. He sought her release from incarceration, asked for the withdrawal of arrest warrants, requested the postponement of a court hearing, and asked another prosecutor to sign an order directing the release of her impoundment property. Right? A former boyfriend of the defendant took screenshots of Facebook messages between the two and provided them to a Louisville attorney. Goldie allegedly promised to help her with criminal cases in exchange for nude photos and videos of herself. Goldie, 51, was charged with six counts of honest services wire fraud, six counts of using interstate communication to commit bribery, and two counts of federal program bribery in the indictment. Um, was unsealed on Friday. Earlier this year, the Kentucky State House voted to impeach Goldie, and he was convicted of the articles of impeachment by the Senate in his first impeachment trial in more than a century. And this action barred him from holding any future elected offices in the state. Back to your previous story on the clemency hearing, first time in the history of the United States this has ever happened. Really? For death row inmates, yep. I'm talking about where the, the, the governor pushed yeah, I'm not talking about this. Okay. That one was just the first time yeah. ever. Uh, yeah, I mean, and this shit, this guy's just a douchebag. Yeah, I'm sure that happens. Yeah, why? Why? How do they decide that she gets that her name gets to be uh, that she probably? I mean, she deserves it's, it's anonymity like, here. I mean, uh, I don't know. Maybe because really, I guess she should be a victim. Uh, she didn't send the photos and the videos. I mean, he was pressuring, saying, "I'll do all this for you if you give this to me." I'm sure she might have enticed him along on a Facebook message and said, okay. But, I mean, whatever. Well, it's still, it was, it's still it takes, coercion. There are crimes on both sides. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she yeah. she agreed to do that as a bribe in order to get uh, I don't know why. To get released. Yeah, but he's fucked. Let me tell you that. Yes, he is. Well, <laughs> this one's interesting. Did you know that there are over 250,000 Americans who identify as furries? I've I've heard this term somewhere, but I don't remember what it is. The furry fandom, which consists of people who express an interest in animals with human qualities, began in the 1980s. I had no idea. Members are spurred on by a love of anthropomorphic animals such as those seen in Disney movies and video games. The community has boomed since then with interest from outsiders reaching new heights. This week, the community was thrust into a negative spotlight after a member attacked a man who was filming a group in Huntington Beach, California. After several furries have spoken out about the common misconceptions that engulfed the fandom, particularly with regards to it being branded as a fetish or its members as criminals. 
The furries have been branded criminals because members of the fandom have been convicted in a number of high-profile murders from 2014 to 2022. This included a gruesome triple murder in Fullerton, California. In a recent documentary, members of the community laid bare their realities as they attempted to dismiss misconceptions about furries. One furry who goes by Bandit began by giving an insight into how he started out. My fursona is basically to memorialize my dog. He was bouncy and fun and loving, and I guess whenever I'm wearing Bandit, I'm a little him. I could say it is the opposite of my life because I'm a pretty laid-back guy out of the suit, but once I get in the suit, I get party fun. Addressing the idea that the community is spurred by fetishism, he said, it angers me when I find people that say, oh, all you do is dress up in those suits and party and carry on and have sex parties in those suits. If you've ever had vigorous sex naked, you know how much you sweat. Can you imagine doing that in a full fursuit? You would die. It can quickly get to over 100 degrees inside the head of the suit. So no, that's a false statement to even think it's just about sex, he said. There is sex that happens in the fandom, but the fursona fandom thing is about helping other people. Well, that was his claim. Attendance at Anthrocon, which is the largest furry convention in the U.S., hit a record high at 13,644 people earlier this year. The CEO of Anthrocon, a guy by the name of Samuel Conway, who is, of course, himself a furry, who goes by the name of Uncle Cage, had long tried to protect the reputation of the community's members and to separate the furries from reputational damage. The documentary shares snippets of him adamantly persuading other furries to proceed with caution when speaking to the media, telling them to deflect and not speak as individuals. For example, the furry known as Chew Fox and her mate Tomcat from just outside of Seattle previously appeared on the Tyra Banks show to discuss their fursuit sex. Shortly afterwards, Conway himself branded Chew Fox as, quote, a little effing bitch. But there can be no doubt that there is a sexual element to the fandom. So anyway, uh, look up furries. These suits cost anywhere between $3,000 and $7,000. I, I did a little bit of work trying to come up with, well, if the three of us were to become furries, oh, God. what would, uh, what animal would we, would we take on? And of course, for Woody, the wolf, I've got your... I've got a wolf costume that I think is pretty pretty cool. That we'll we'll post we'll post these. Right. Jim, I thought it was going to be impossible to find, but oh, it exists God. and it is awesome. Um, there is an anaconda furry costume. Oh. That's a pretty almost got a smile at a Jim on the anaconda, not, and not quite. He hasn't broken I, one the entire I, I, show I yet. I need to see that. I was looking on the floor, is hanging out his pants leg, and, <laughs> and that's I would I would have to do the. The to shark do, to do the shark, yeah. The I'm gonna think wait, what yours would be my. No, I'm gonna. Um, I would do the shark. <laughs> I would do. You can you can propose something, some kind of alternative, but but I'm thinking the shark. So anyway, furries, don't trust them. That's uh very unique, and they're murdering people too. You said so. There's, yeah, there's crime. There yeah, I, I don't know if the end. No, 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 lots of crime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You can now take off that belt 
and move freely around the cabin. All right. It's a mile high crime for Wednesday, and we're bringing you to United Airlines. And a pilot has been charged for carrying out an axe attack on a parking lot barrier. I was going to say, he had an axe on the plane. Do pilots carry axes on board with them? Oh, this is outside. It might have been in his car because it was a parking lot barrier. Kenneth Henderson Jones caused around $700 in damage when he attacked a parking lot bearer at Denver International Airport. He used an axe to hit the parking lot arm 23 times before it knocked out of position. Dressed in his pilot uniform, Mr. Jones is then confronted by an airport staff member and eventually surrenders the axe when a second employee intervenes. The employee told the police he was able to retrieve the axe after fighting with Jones. The pilot was then taken into custody by Denver police after running into a nearby field. During the altercation, there were reportedly no physical injuries. Jones claimed he wanted to let drivers leave the parking lot due to the six vehicles blocking each other uh, and blocking the three exit gates, saying he just hit his breaking point. Recently, (laughs) recently, people who didn't have the right permits have been parking in the uh, in the airport parking lot, causing disruption. And deputies say Jones told them he was trying to get rid of issues for everyone waiting. The 63 year old pilot reportedly had no history of crime in the state of Colorado. So it was must have been one of those arms that would let you out. And people parking where they're not permitted and just piss this guy off. And if you've ever seen Michael Douglas and falling down, that's that's what that reminds me of. Can't you see this guy? He's stuck in a a big delay in the sky and he's having to circle over LaGuardia for two hours. And then he just says, I've had enough and just beelines it for the uh, for the runway. Yeah, that's probably not a guy. And in the. Maybe it was a fire axe off the wall or something. I can't imagine that in a cement parking lot. The axe or the, the, no? I mean, it may may have been in his car or something. It must have been. I mean, he's in Colorado. Maybe going to build a campfire. You can now take off that belt. Good one, Jimmy. And move freely around the cabin. What do you got? Another kinky crown? What? I got kinky crime for Wednesday, and y'all, this isn't a good one. And you know we've had some good ones. So we're going to Florida, not Pinellas County, but not, probably not that far. And a couple was arrested in Cape Canaveral earlier this week after deputies said they openly engaged in oral sex in the parking lot of an apartment complex where multiple witnesses were able to see. Hey. Not that uncommon. Yeah. The plot thickens. Listen to this shit. Both were also charged with beating up a witness who asked them to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Deputies from the Brevard. I don't blame them. Right. <laughs> Well, the key word there was both. Right, right. <laughs> and, and, so deputies from the Brevard County Sheriff's Office were called to an apartment complex Monday after receiving several calls from people saying a topless woman, what's wrong with that, was engaging in oral sex with her partner only a few feet from the road. Nicole Vargas, 28, uh, from New Jersey, was seen with Colton Vogel, a 23-year-old man from Washington. Nobody from Florida is from Florida. 
Both were arrested <laughs> and charged with unnatural and lascivious acts in public, battery, and exposure of sexual organs. Both Argus and Bogle began attacking a witness who asked them to move along. Right? Why you gotta bother? Freaking Karen. Right? Just stay out of the way. Yeah. Like hurry up and finish or move along in a different uh, I think they move Tell along. Tell them to stop. Stop, right? Um, but so, so what happened was when she, she asked them to move along, uh, Nicole Vargas proceeded to rip the victim's shirt off by the neck, causing the buttons to rip out, punch him in the chest with a closed fist, and hit the victim on the back of the head. Bogle punched the witness in the head and jaw. When deputies initially confronted a topless Vargas, Vargas, she's still topless after this, all this time, she took off. <laughs> Deputy Matthew Oka ran and caught up with her. Vargas attempted to roll away from Oka during the rest, and witnesses helped secure her to be handcuffed. Somebody touched We need the, that body cam. Somebody footage. touched those boobies. Uh, uh, you can't handcuff someone and tackle them without topless without doing all that. <laughs> so anyway, they were um, booked in the Brevard County Jail and got a $1,500 bond. Dang. That is pretty kinky. kinky. They just they wanted to get on kinky crimes, and all it cost them was go. $1,500 That's to exactly get there. Right. And you don't do that because there's a video. Oh, here's the pictures. It sounded also like she might have done more of the damage in the right. fight. Right. Oh. And she, she threw the opening blows. There you go. She, yeah, she was throwing an open oh, blow. She was throwing the blows. That's yes. what caused the whole problem, the blow. Oh, come on, Olds. Go ahead, buy you in the school, Brandy. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Aga. <laughs> Good one. Well, and you know I love, 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 love me some banjos and fiddles. Right. But while I had a couple of days to reflect and think about things and uh, and listen to the show, I came up with a new segment that I want to try out just for today and tomorrow and get some input from everybody and see yeah. if they like it. <laughs> Y'all, I, I swear, Mike. They'll never, they'll Mike, never give me time I'm, off again. Just like earlier, yeah, right? He's punishing us for it. Earlier with the, that all all that stuff, totally unsanctioned, as he would say. Totally, Jim and I did not know, and I, we totally do not know what's what's about to come out of his mouth. But I can promise you, it'll be entertaining. People are going to wonder or think that you have no life outside of real life real crime. That came up uh, often in the in the comments. <laughs> I actually got a lot of life advice in the comments, but I'm I'm calling this. Poetic justice. Okay. So the idea is to take a story and deliver the story as a poem. All right. Okay. So <laughs> you guys love, I know it's your favorite story, the Shiver family story of the the mother from Georgia who goes to the Bahamas and hooks up with the guy. That you've told about 14 times. Yeah, I've had 17 yeah. stories on it thus far. I continue to. Uh, you didn't expect, see, you didn't see the about thing about the husband now. not letting her. Use the private jet to go be with him, huh? I, I did see that story. I, I figured you did. I was just testing. So here is the first segment of Poetic Justice. The granddaddy is rich, 
But the cheerleader mom is a bitch. <laughs> she was horny and tired of cooking pasta, so she flew to the Bahamas and hooked up with a Rasta. She was in Abaco smoking some fine root, hatching a plan to inherit her husband's loot. When she finished giving Rasta some head, they hired a goon to make her hubby dead. Oh, my God. But the cops found his phone and foiled the kill, so Lindsay went to jail but couldn't afford the bill. Rasta said he loves her and used all the right jargon, at least until he was offered a sweet plea bargain. For now, Lindsay's in Nassau trying to make some noise, while back in Georgia, she's lost all of her boys. The story needs a moral, so I guess I ought try. Marriage is seldom perfect, and there are many reasons why. You search forever, hoping to find the right spouse. Just don't fuck it up when he puts you in a $5 million house. Give <laughs> me some banjos. I have no words. I have no words. Oh, fucking original. Agar's original if it's nothing else. <laughs> you missed Good. your column, bro. God, you should have been your poet and didn't know it. <clears throat> All right. Actually. I also have a new segment. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And it's not a freaking poem. <laughs> it's a limerick. It's not a limerick. There once was a man from Nantucket. Yeah. So we're going to we're going to feature super cops every now and then on this show and I decided to do a super cop segment today as the final not sanctioned by any board I'm aware of. No. <laughs> What's well, that? Point? I mean, that was not I don't a think we have a problem with super cops. No. So, we're going to talk about some hero cops from Queen Jaw who cuffed an active shooter, saved a wounded man, and they told their story. These hero officers are from the 103rd Precinct, and they spoke about both cuffing an active shooter and saving the life of a gunshot victim in Queens. Risking their own lives, Queens cops uh, cuffed that active shooter uh, last Wednesday morning. Lieutenant John McGivney and five other officers rushed to uh, the shooting site at 11.09 a.m. after several 911 calls reported a man had fired a gun, wounding another. As they were approaching, people on the street were pointing where the shots came from, and they were pointing out who the shooter was. John Mitt March was the 103rd precinct SWAT team captain, and he spied the 44-year-old shooter, Gerald Boyce, placing the weapon in his waistband. Although March and the other cops had their guns drawn, they were able to swiftly approach him and bring him to the ground where they were able to cuff him without firing a shot. It's a very crowded, chaotic scene. A lot of cars, a lot of people behind the perpetrator was a commercial storefront. The firearm control on display by these officers was fantastic. They were able to put this gentleman into custody, recover a loaded firearm with no injuries to anyone suffered by the hands of the police. This from McGivney. Several other officers arrived at the scene where they began aiding the 55-year-old victim who had been shot twice by the assailant. We identified the victim, uh, and he had multiple gunshot wounds. I noticed there were bleeds from his left arm to his shoulder area, and it was bleeding substantially. Uh, this from responding officer Robert Halleck. I took out a tourniquet and applied it to his arm, which slowed the bleeding. We took off his shirt and applied 
apply bandages to the actual wounds. The 103rd Precinct has specifically trained officers assigned to the area each day to combat retail theft, gang activity, and robbery patterns. Boyce is charged with attempted murder and criminal possession of a weapon, and it is unclear why the shots were fired, but those guys are indeed the super cops. The whole crew. The whole I crew, man. Shout out cop. to those guys. Shout out to them. Putting your life on the line. Yes, absolutely. Should be. It could have been a lot worse, right? I mean, could have been. They, they, it could have been innocent people killed. Yeah. Retail thing right behind him. You start shooting. Cars driving by and everything else. And could have provoked him into shooting at them. Yep. Great job. All right. Heroes. Any final thoughts? Uh, Today was certainly interesting. I'm not (laughs) sure I have the energy to have a board meeting. Yes. Yes. Well, we can't. It's the last week of the month. You can't have the board meeting. Hmm. So in the, in the bylaws. Yeah. Okay. Damn it. I missed that one. You and I can still have a board meeting. <laughs> you can. That wouldn't be a board meeting. It would be you two having a meeting. We would have a quorum. We would, That's us, not a us quorum. We would invite Bayou Brandy and it would be a quorum. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't have people who aren't on the board in board meetings. Oh, anyway. that's funny. Well, anyway. but, right. but Brandy, hey, you know, she would be for, a, for any other meeting, your advocate. Uh, uh, she's been your advocate, I guess. That's right. Right. Anyway, hey, uh, good to have you back. Interesting as always. Uh, we love and appreciate each and every one of y'all. Continue to like and share us, and and we want to shout out our rescue, rescue. our rescue dot org. Uh, if you want to get in the fight to end human you, trafficking, that's a good start. Did you listen to the um, last week's episode when you were suspended. I listened you, to both. Uh, By underscore Brandon is published in in. Human sex trafficking. Yeah, she wrote a paper and it got published. Yeah, it, it, it's like she said, it happens everywhere. Yeah, not just big cities. Yeah, it's everywhere. See some, say some. That's right. Focus on the one, not the fifty. Right. And until next time, I'm Jim Chapman, and I'm Woody Overton, and I'm uh, Ago, and I'm back. <laughs> For real life, real crime daily. Peace. Peace. Miranda Colligan.